to welcome it to a warm bit with Julius Junius Stanton. Stanton. is Professor Griff. You're listening to Junius Ricardo Stanton. Straight up, we're teaching you all those things you need to know from the neck up. All right, we're definitely doing a checkup from the neck up. This is Professor Griff from Public Enemy, the ex-minister. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Welcome to Akoban. Akoban, the Woolhorn, is an Ndinkwa word and symbol of the Akan people in Ghana, West Africa. It is a specially carved animal's horn that makes a distinct and unique sound that the traditional villagers use to call for alertness, preparation, assembly, and in extreme cases, mobilization. We sound the Akoban to alert you to interesting people, intriguing ideas, and thought-provoking material that you won't find in the corporatist, monopoly media, and digital platforms. We have an interesting program for you today, so stay tuned. We'll be right back following our mystical meditative moment and this message. Be right back. Greetings to the Internet Radio family. This is Reverend Valentine speaking. You know, for nearly 30 years, I have had the distinct experience of being interviewed over every medium of communication available to the public. And except for the metaphysical underground, I can think of no other electronic venue that has been more progressive, more innovative, more insightful, more diligent, more diverse in its demographics, and more courageously supportive of the truth than this ever-growing phenomenon called Internet Radio. And this is precisely why I'm here to tell you that it is so vital that you give your wholehearted support to it. Tell a friend. In fact, tell two, three, and four of your friends. If you are a business owner, support Internet Radio by telling your customers and constituents all about it. Let them know that there is a legitimate and important substitute to all of the prefabricated, super-censored garbage polluting our public airways today. Don't allow the mass media to continue to treat you like a mindless consumer drone. Enhance your awareness. Indulge your critical thinking, your reasoning, and your analysis. Do as I do. Log on, listen in, and then let it be known all about your internet radio experience. Chimatep, beloved family, thank you for listening. Walk in light. This is a meditative, relaxing moment with Junius Ricardo Stanton encouraging you to relax, let your shoulders drop naturally, normally, breathe in through your nose, take a deep breath, let your abdomen expand, relax, hold it for a count of five, four, three, Two, one, exhale, let your abdomen sink in, relax, take a deep breath, 
Inhale, let your abdomen expand. Hold it, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, softly, relax. Monitor your thoughts. Don't resist what you see, the images. Relax, focus on your breathing. Inhale, deep, let your abdomen expand. Hold it, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, relax. Continue to monitor your breathing. Focus only on your breathing. Relax, let the tension flow outward from you. Inhale, fully, fully expand your abdomen. Fill your lungs with life-giving oxygen and air. Hold it, five, four, three, two, one, exhale, relax, relax, relax. Perk up and be prepared to resume your day in an extremely relaxed state of mind, being, and health. Till next time, stay strong and stay healthy. Listening to Akuban, a call to awareness, a call to alertness, a call to action, and a call to war, with Junius Ricardo Stanton. One of the issues that has been continuously in the news has been the border situation, the various attempts by immigrants to come into this country. And, of course, we saw some graphic images two weeks ago as some Haitians who were attempting to come in to the United States were confronted by the U.S. Border Patrol agents. And, of course, a lot of that imagery conjured up genetic images and historical images of enslavement and how African people, and for the most part Haitians are African people, were treated in the past. And, uh, of course, that contributes to the continuing polarization and division here in this country. And uh, we need to, to look at it and see what it is and also be aware and not let it get us upset. Because a lot of people saw it and some of our relatives and people that I know are very upset by the images. And that's why they, were, they put it out there to elicit a reaction. And so we have to be clear on the news, clear on propaganda and clear on our need to have some semblance of media literacy to understand not only what is being reported, but what are the agendas behind what is being uh, reported and shown. So we want to take a little historical perspective on this. And I just published something earlier in the week. It's entitled Haiti Gets No Respect. 
Recent images of U.S. Border Patrol agents interacting with Haitian immigrants caused shock and stir when juxtaposed against the images of Afghani refugees being shuttled onto waiting U.S. military transport planes to be brought to the U.S. and housed courtesy of the U.S. government and taxpayers. The rationale is that these people need to be rescued because they collaborated with the U.S. during the U.S.-NATO occupation of that nation in, in what had become the United States' longest-running war. President Biden took heat for his handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal and the fact he left an unknown number of Americans in the country. People see how the U.S. is bending over backwards to accommodate the, the Afghan refugee and the stark contrast to the way black Haitians are being treated as they also try to forge a better life for themselves and their families by coming to America. On Friday, the U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, appeared at a press conference to provide an update on the situation in Texas. He stated the images of the Border Patrol appearing to beat the Haitians with horse reins was, to quote him, not who we are and not our values, unquote. He stated all the immigrants had been removed from the Del Rio area. Some were processed and returned to Haiti, while others were being taken care of until their future fates could be determined. People around the world were outraged at the images of the U.S. Border Patrol agents' interactions with the Haitians. On social media, there were comparisons to how enslaved Africans were treated in the United States during slavery and the actions of the U.S. Border Patrol agents. Neither is a good look, especially when you consider the abysmal relationship between the U.S. and Haiti going back to the establishment of that republic in 1804. Haiti's defeat of France sent shockwaves throughout the Western Hemisphere, especially the U.S. slaveocracy, which was heavily dependent upon slave labor to generate the workforce and profits that would make the United States the envy of the world. The resilience of the Haitian people to stave off subsequent attempts by France, other European countries, as well as the United States to recolonize and re-enslave it has led to formal ostracism, crippling debt, and odious reparations, quote-unquote payments being imposed upon the island nation by the West. It's as though the Western imperialists will never forgive Haiti for defeating them and casting off their shackles and chains. On July 7, 2021, Juvenel Moise, the unpopular president of Haiti, was assassinated in a brazen attack on his home. There are allegations of links between the assassins and the U.S. Quote, several of the men involved in the assassination of Haiti's president previously worked as U.S. law enforcement informants, according to people briefed on the matter, as U.S. investigators grapple with an increasing number of Florida links to the alleged hit squad. Haitian President Juvenel Moise was killed last Wednesday in an operation that Haitian authorities say involved at least 28 people, many of them Colombian mercenaries hired through a Florida-based security company. At least one of the men arrested in the connection to the assassination by Haitian authorities previously worked as an informant for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA said in a statement in response to CNN, unquote. Several tied to Haitian assassination plot were previously U.S. law enforcement informants. Evan Perez, HTTPS, colon, four slash, four slash, edition, dot, CNN, dot, com, 2021, 4-07, 4-12, Americans, Haiti, Haiti assassination plot, U.S. informants. The United States has been directly or indirectly involved in all the intrigue and mischief on the island for over a century. Quote, 
Between 1911 and 1915, seven presidents were assassinated or overthrown in Haiti, increasing U.S. policymakers' fear of foreign intervention. In 1914, the Wilson administration sent U.S. Marines into Haiti. They removed $500,000 from the Haitian National Bank in December of 1914 for safekeeping in New York, thus giving the United States control of the bank. In 1915, Haitian President Jean Vilbrun Guillaume Sam was assassinated, and the situation in Haiti quickly became unstable. In response, President Wilson sent the U.S. Marines to Haiti to prevent anarchy. In actuality, the act protected U.S. assets in the area and prevented a possible German invasion. The invasion ended with the Haitian-American Treaty of 1915. The articles of this agreement created the Haitian Gendarme, essentially a military force made up of U.S. citizens and Haitians and controlled by the U.S. Marines. The United States gained complete control over Haitian finances and the right to intervene in Haiti whenever the U.S. government deemed necessary. Unquote. U.S. Invasion and Occupation of Haiti, 1915 to 1934, https://history.state.gov, forward slash milestones, forward slash 1914 Haiti. In addition to invasion and occupation, the U.S. maintained indirect control over Haiti by propping numerous dictators. The U.S. government, multinational corporations, and oligarchs have been involved in all the intrigue on the island, either directly or indirectly, for decades. Quote, through framing Haiti as a nation that lies outside modernity and progress, its only hope is through development aid from former colonizers, international lending agencies, the United Nations, and non-government organizations. These global civil servants, quote-unquote, provide development strategies that are amenable to their own economic self-interest, neoliberal economic policies, odious debt, despotic regimes, and the overthrow of democratic governments are the result of this neo-colonial order. Through racial narratives that project Haitians as existing outside modernity and through neo-colonial influences in all phases of Haitian life, Haitians are subject to global institutions that remove their agency and replace it with dependency, unquote. From D to post neo-colonialization, a brief history of Haitians' occupations. Jason D. McLeod, www.jasondmcleod.com forward slash D to post neocolonization history Haiti. There's more to the Haitian situation than meets the eye. And we need to keep our eyes on this ongoing process because Haiti's still in the crosshairs of the neocolonialists. Oil and other natural resources have been found in the Caribbean basin. Quite naturally, the colonialists and the multinational corporations want to get their hands on it. They want to exploit it and steal it if they can, as well as to continue to keep the Haitian people poor and at their mercy, depending on their largesse and their quote-unquote magnanimity, which basically always has strings attached and never, as seen for the past century or so, enabled Haitians to develop their own agency and their own independence. The Haitian people are very resilient despite what goes on, despite the environmental impact of the exploitation, despite the sweatshops that were established there, despite the 
death squads and the blatant oppression despite the occupation by the United States and the United Nations so-called peacekeeping troops, the Haitians still attempt to make a living for themselves in the midst of stark poverty. And people wonder why Haiti is so poor. Well, you heard in the piece that the United States government came in and, and took their money and gold for quote-unquote safekeeping. They've also forced Haiti through their puppets and their dictators to sign agreements that benefit United States and multinational corporations, but put Haitians in a lurch in terms of raising their own crops, in terms of protecting themselves, with, like many nations do, by issuing and creating tariff and other trade agreements where they want Haiti to be totally dependent upon them at their mercy. And all too often that has what has happened over the years and still goes on. You had Barack Obama, who when he was president, appointing Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush to establish humanitarian efforts following the Haitian earthquake and the landslides. Well, most of that money that was collected by the Bushes and Clintons and then later by the Clintons under their Clinton Foundation has been stolen and squandered. The Haitian people receive little or none of that money in terms of benefits, in terms of programs, in terms of assistance, in terms of reconstruction and attempts to reestablish some type of order within their system. It was a blatant ripoff and everyone knows it, but it's like a best kept secret. There's very little that is done in terms of investigative reporting because, oh, well, it's just the Haitians. They're poor. Well, that's how they stay poor. That's why they stay poor, because they're being ripped off internally and externally president that was assassinated was extremely unpopular and he was there pretty much he was handpicked by his predecessor and most of them are to to use a slavery analogy they're the house negroes they're the ones who work on behalf of the united states government and the multinational corporations as well as the banks and also the non-government organizations that are used to manipulate and create control on the ground and usurp any type of sovereignty from the Haitian people. This is what's happening there. And like I said, except for a few Haitian nationals or people who have Haitian roots who are attempting to get the story out, but it's like dropping a pebble into the ocean. I mean, the pebbles there, it creates ripples, but the ocean, the tides are working against it. So you have the corporatist media and the digital monopoly platforms promoting their agenda, their propaganda, their racial stigmatism of the people of Haiti. When in fact, when you dig beneath the surface and you push aside the curtain of propaganda, you see what's really going on. That's why Haiti has remained so poor, because they have been ostracized, they have been marginalized, and they have been put in a position where almost no one will help them. Now, the help, quote unquote, that they get is the type of help that people are giving you something, a crumb, but they're taking away your natural resources. They're taking away uh, your ability to provide for yourself. They're taking away opportunities that could be self-generated by the Haitian people, but because of the oppression and because they have the boots of the colonizers and the neocolonialists on their neck, they're not able to do that and they're not able to generate 
help from even countries like Russia or China who are outside of the Western norm, outside of the, the Western banking usury paradigm. So this makes it even more difficult to stand on your own two feet. And like I said, it's as if they have never forgiven the Haitian people for defeating them. They didn't just defeat Napoleon's army. And Napoleon's army, they know they lost, but they won't say they lost to these Africans. They say, oh, well, uh, we were overcome by malaria. Yeah, there's malaria there. Yeah, it was heat. The French and their later allies, they're the ones who had the weapons of mass destruction. They're the ones that had cannons and rifles. The Haitians had homemade weapons or weapons that they were able to commandeer from the, the settlers. And the, once they say if they defeated a squadron, they would take their weapons. This was a total guerrilla warfare. And also it was an African cultural war against the Europeans. When I say cultural war, it was the African spiritual traditions that gave the people hope, that gave the people energy. Both Mackendal and Duty Bookman were priests, and there were countless unsung priestesses, sisters out there doing their work, doing their ministry, keeping the spiritual energy alive that allowed the people to move forward in the face of overwhelming military odds. When I say military odds, I'm talking about weapons of mass destruction, their rifles, their pistols, their cannons. It's just that the Africans used the natural resources, the topography. They used the mountains. They used their knowledge of the, the woods and the terrain. They had long history and decades of maroons living up in the mountains. There, just like they did in Jamaica and other places in the, in the Caribbean. These were fierce and resilient freedom fighters who knew how to use the land to survive. And they used all that, that tradition, that ingenuity, that resourcefulness. And they were united. Because keep in mind, when you look at the Haitian Revolution, it included some of the mulatto class. Those that didn't flee with, with their uh, European brethren fathers and then their cohorts. It also included the hardcore abused, the people who were at the bottom of the social order. They were able to come together and fuse a modicum of unity, which for the most part was held together by their desire to be free and their cultural traditions, the, the Haitian uh, Voudan and the maroon traditions are the driving forces behind the revolution and they never want us to know that because when you look at african people in direct confrontation with the europeans and even the arabs when we won we won because we were unified we won because we had that cultural glue and that spiritual glue that held us together in the face of superior weaponry a lot of times you know, when you study particularly European imperialism, say, say look at what happened in, in West Africa, they, they make it seem like the British and the French just overran the Africans. No, it took them years and years and years to do that. It wasn't like one and done because we had control of the terrain and we had fighting forces. We had a culture on our side. We just did not have the weaponry and we didn't have the situation like, say, the Native Americans had where the Europeans were fighting each other, and so they tried to elicit the indigenous Americans, and so they gave them their weapons. We didn't have that where we could get their weapons, which in turn would be used to fight against them. So we need to learn about our history because our failure to know our history is what keeps us in a state of amnesia. It also keeps us in a state of ignorance and impotence. And so in order for us to 
empower ourselves in order for us to actualize ourselves we have to know and learn our history and realize that the same courage the same resilience the same determination the same gumption that was in those people those africans and our ancestors is in us we just have to activate it and actualize it so we're sounding the Akoban, hoping that it will resonate within your soul so that you can begin to tap into your reservoir of strength, of creativity, of genius, and innovation, and make a better world. It does not have to be a violent revolution. We can do this through personal growth, enlightenment, and transformation. Will there be resistance? Of course. The people who are trying to rule us, the usurpers who are trying to assault the natural order through their genetically modified organisms, through their vaccines, through their poisoning, their ecocide. They want what they want, and it's against the natural order. They will sell it as progress and modernity, but really it's about oppression. Really it's about enslavement. It's about degradation. It's about separating us from our true and highest selves and our history. If that's what you want, if you're okay with that, then so be it. But I believe that this world can be better and we can be the agents for its betterment. With that, I'm sounding the Akoban. Till next time, this is Junius Ricardo Stanton encouraging each and every one of you to engage in mental decolonization. Free your mind. The rest will follow. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay well. Peace. (laughs)